about to be a great night. Really good tonight. Yeah, this is one hell of a night. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OX. Ah, the sounds of the big bands and one of the leaders of the big bands here in St. Louis, the Knights of Swing, our own Maria Kina joins us. She's a newswoman by day and a band leader by night and on weekends. Maria, it's good to be uh, with you again on a Monday night. Yeah. Uh, so let's go back to high school. Okay. Maria Kina is where? Uh, at Bishop DeBerg. Bishop DeBerg High School. And you're studying away there, doing your little math. Well, I don't know. There's the geometry anymore. over here. You got the English literature. No, you're she was in a Catholic school, John. She's it was all about it. fear, guilt, and intimidation. <laughs> she's reading Nathaniel Hawthorne <laughs> there in the high school, writing papers about it and uh, and thinking about the future. Yes. And what were you thinking about the future there at Bishop DeBerg? That I needed to get out of there right away. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been the whole four years. And I didn't. Yeah, I did the twenty-two skidoo out of there with you, with the with the encouragement of one of my um, history teachers. Did you play in the band in high school? No, I didn't. See, and probably had I, I'd have been much better off because oh. I just wasn't. So you're a singer. You're a band leader. Do you play an instrument? Not well. Oh. I I play percussion, drums, but not well. Really? Yeah, and you know, I I, I even took piano lessons, but. I guess there's no just, tambourine. You know, my kids, band, my, t- my kids, my kids took yeah, piano lessons from uh, Mr. Finger. Really? Yeah, was that he, his name? Yeah, he was the piano teacher, and he was actually, he was the third of five children, which made him the... Uh, the third middle, finger. Uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we digress. There's too many jokes there. I'm glad we're moving on. Um, so, you didn't, you, you didn't play uh, uh, an instrument. You were into percussion. No. And, uh, that was just so, in the but, car. Yeah, but in a big band... <laughs> Yeah, it's not like you can run around on the stage like you can in a rock band with a tambourine, <laughs> no, can that's you? Right. No, no, oh. you can't. Do you have to run around with an old triangle symbol? No, you don't do that. Now it's oh. not that antiquated. It's I not mean... a triangle symbol, Michael. It's a triangle. A oh. symbol is a symbol. It's a... <laughs> a triangle is a triangle. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> and there were there were great triangle players back in the day. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. It's kind of an art. It is an art. I mean, it does really play hitting a... a triangle is an art. Yes. Well, you have to make it make notes though. Yes, and, and so that it sounds pretty. Uh, because you got the isosceles, you got the isosceles triangle there. Uh-huh. Uh, so this isn't an obtuse triangle; it's an isosceles <laughs> triangle, and, you, and you're, you're making the, the different tones going on, and that's uh, that's how you do it. All right, so there. Well, Mr. Finger could have taught me that. <laughs> he was. I tell you what, Mr. Finger was something else, and yeah. he had the little stickers. You know, every every week you got your scale right, and you got and you got a little sticker right there. And, What's uh, that? And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he was he was good. I mean, the kids don't play the piano. Really, uh, finger. So it was. It wasn't. So putting together a big band. Yes. So you've got this vision. You've got this dream. You're going to build a band and uh, an orchestra like that. You're going to have multiple. I, what do you have? 16, 18 people. Sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. Good we Lord. have a guitar. 17. Where do you where do you find them? Well, surprisingly enough, there there are a lot of musicians, especially in St. Louis. We're rich in musicians here in St. Louis. We have more musicians than there are gigs to play, actually. Really? Which is really unfortunate. Don't get me started about what we should be doing down on the riverfront. Right. With yeah. restaurants and yes, bars. And right. we should have bands playing up and down there. Uh, we don't. So you have a lot of musicians that don't aren't always working on a regular basis. And this music 
is special. There's no doubt about it. We work with charts. So there's a lot involved. We've got a pretty tough book. So how do you find the people? It's word of mouth. You know, one really? guy's playing in one band and he knows and he's like, oh, we need somebody over here. You need a fill-in. And then all of a sudden you all come together. And you've got, of your 16, 17 pieces, you've got trumpets, you got sax, you got, you got every. I mean, you've got everything, right? Two tenors, yeah. two altos, yeah. a baritone, uh-huh. you got bass trombone, three regular bones, yeah. four trumpets, piano, uh, drums, yeah. and bass and guitar. Wow. What are the altos and all that? That's a human voice that you're talking about, no, right? No, that's a oh. saxophone. That's a saxophone? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you, so, word of mouth, do you think you can find one of these guys who plays a triangle that can then hit it on note? Well, I, I've not found the need for a triangle yet. I haven't seen it come up in a chart. I think we may have but, to have somebody come in here and show me how to hit a proper note on a triangle. Oh, I, can, I can show you that. All right. Yeah, I can show you the triangle. He's a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can do that. He's a wizard. <laughs> He's a wizard. He's a wizard, Larry. He's a wizard. <laughs> So 16, 18 people, that's an expensive undertaking, getting you all to a gig and then yeah. getting in there and playing. Uh, so what what, are the, what kind of venues can hold 6 to 18 people? Well, we've been crushed in like sardines in many places. Yeah. Um, like, Do you ever go to BB's Jazz and Blues? Oh, yeah. You can get 16 pieces up on that band. Really? Yeah, you can. Um, Casa Loma, places like that. Sure. We played at the Opera House of Pacific. But, I mean, we played hotel rooms and... You know, for private events, and we just all just, you know, wherever they tell us to go, that's where we go. All we need is an outlet, and we're ready to go. <laughs> now, is anybody creating original music in oh, the yeah. big band style today? Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. There are arrangers out there and, and people who are writing still. The unfortunate thing is, and we've talked about this before, they don't get any airplay. You don't ever sure. hear it. Like the Grammys just came out, and a whole bunch of jazz people got nominated. Did you hear about it? Are you going to hear about it on the Grammys? No, but I heard that uh, Tracy Chapman got a Grammy for her composition, uh, Fast Car. Again? Yeah. She got nominated again? Again? Well, because it's the number one song. Yeah, there's a country music guy that's reading it. Oh. Yeah. But she her got, version is still the best. She got yeah. the award for the composer of that, which of is kind of cool. Because yeah. oh, that, that was is. written 30-some years ago. Yeah. That is very cool. I, I dig Tracy Chapman. Yeah. yeah. I like her. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, but and I've loved the the guy he was obsessed with the music. He was like me. His sisters played it and now he's a he, you know, he played it himself and it's made a big star of it. And uh you know, he's given all the credit to her, etc., but I still think hers is the best. Isn't the original always better than the sequels? I, I think that's really true about a lot of songs except for instance, I think when somebody comes along and tries to do a Sinatra song that was really Sinatra's right. once he put his stamp on it, I think it's really tough for somebody else to come along and do it and do it well. But, you know, those guys that do that and who have kind of tried to resurrect that style, I'm thinking about Harry Connick Jr. Michael Uh, Buble. Michael Buble. You know, there's there's real value in having young performers pick up that mantle and carry it forward. And those guys in particular can still do it really well. They yeah. can do it as well as Sinatra did it. Yeah. Some of the guys, when you hear them do it, like even like if a gal will pick up a song or something and, you know, if Ella Fitzgerald did it, some of them, sometimes they just don't have it. But others do. Um, and, and I think those are two of the guys that do. And thank goodness for them because they're young, you know, and, and then young people, Blue Blaze, huge. Yeah, he's big time. He's real. I mean, he sells out big venues. Yeah. Still. I've yeah. met him a couple times. You, what? Yeah, I've met Have him. You? So he came in town. He was a big uh, supporter of Congressman Gephardt's. 
Michael oh. Buble. Michael Buble. So he did a couple different fundraisers for us. One here in St. Louis at what was uh, maybe then called the Adams Mark. I, I don't know what yeah. we call it yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, he did a fundraiser, and uh, he was a young man, uh, handsome dude. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, he's a couple of years younger than me, I think. And, uh, yeah, we spent a little bit of time How with neat. him. Nice fella. Yeah. And the, the, the guy that's really the, the impetus behind, behind his career is that famous, uh, composer, the guy that plays the piano and he's done everything. Uh, Liberace. Da- David, um, Carmen Caballero. No. <laughs> Continue David, discussion. Oh, oh, Foster. Uh, Foster. Yes, David Foster. David Foster. David Foster was the person who kind of found him and turned him into what he is today. And, uh, you know, he wanted to do the big band songs. And he was like, look, you've got to cultivate some of your own music. So most of his albums that he puts out has two original mm-hmm. songs on it. Yeah. And the rest are, you know, from the, the, the great songbook. And I heard an interview with him. His grandpa was a big influence on him, too, right. because he loved the music, and he was always playing it for him when he was a little kid. Right. So he was a, they called him the Big Buble. The Big Buble. Yeah, that yeah. was his, that, that's what they called him. He <laughs> was the Big Buble. So there's a new music venue in town. Uh, it's called The Old House at uh, Hog, Hog Hollow. Hollow. The Old... How about that? A new music venue called The Old House. Really? At Hog Where? Hollow. I don't know. Viviano, the dog. Uh, Tony Viviano is going to play there. Ah, uh, yes. Um, you know Tony? Yes. Uh, do, you, do you guys, do you do you musicians kind of all run in the same circles in St. Louis? and Sort of, kind of. We, we meet up. We pass, well, we pass each other every once in a while. And I know Tony still puts a band together. Uh, who would you out. consider the greatest musicians to come out of St. Louis? If you had to look back over the... Oh my gosh. Spans of time and, and yes. see, well, anything, any kind of music. I mean, you got Tina Turner. You got Tina Turner. Uh, gonna go see a, a show about her tomorrow at the Fox. I am. I'm oh. going on Sunday. Are you now? Yeah. yeah. I'm going tomorrow. Well, that's awesome. I'll let you know how it is. Yeah, don't ruin it for me. I won't. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So you got, uh, you know, I can Tina. You know, she hated here. St. Louis after she got out of here. Well, uh, yeah. 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 Right. It's because all the homeless encampments. No, I think it was mainly that dude that she was married to. What was his yeah. name? Ike, Ike Turner. Ike, Ike Turner. Yeah. Bad yeah. fella. Yeah. He was, Bad fella. Yeah, he, was, he was rough. Not a good dude. No. Well, so composers, yeah. uh, Lenny Niehaus was from St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, you, Gordon Jenkins was from St. Louis. Gordon Jenkins. He was from Wester Groves. Yeah. Uh, Clark Terry. Very yes. trumpet, famous yes. trumpet player. Miles Davis Miles from East St. Louis. Miles Davis from East St. Louis. Uh, I mean, you had some pretty prolific who who like changed the world of jazz in a lot of ways. Yeah. Certainly, Davis did. Um, so, I mean, and that's that goes back to my point that why why do we not honor this more than we do? So, it, when you think about the various jazz styles in the fifties, we had this new emergent strain of jazz called bebop. Mm-hmm. Charlie Parker, uh, Dizzy Gillespie, some of those guys. I never really have ever been able to understand bebop. And you're a big band, so you come out of the 30s and 40s tradition. How does bebop hit Maria Kina? Well, it, it's okay because Gene Krupa actually started doing it in the mid to yeah. late 40s. Great drummer. Uh, yes. And you could hear it. He, his, his music still swung. But yet you could hear the bebop, bebop influence taking over. But then you had Birth of the Cool. Then you had the samba with Stan Getz. Yeah. And, you know, you had a lot of different phases that jazz went through um, starting did. from the beginning. It did. So it's evolved. And I think that it, it continues to evolve. And you still have new young people out there 
that are recording music and still like the music. Well, you got the Marcellus brothers, obviously, uh, uh, contemporary. Whole family. How do you how do you see a guy like Dave Brubeck? How does he fit into this puzzle of American mm. jazz? Oh my gosh, he was so instrumental. I mean, you know, when he did Take Five, that yeah. was so like what. What's it in? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not in four. What Take is that? Take five, PJ. Let's, let's pull that up. That's a, that's a great it's tune. It's just a great, great tune. And I mean, and, and his his uh, saxophone player, mm. Desmond, what a, what a, you know, that really soft, ethereal kind of sound mm. that he had. Uh, Brubeck's son is a very good musician, too. Is that right? Yes, very good. Oh, that's good. Um, so I always like that, too, when the when the family carries yeah. on, the kids carry it on. Yeah. yeah. So well, here's a little... Maria Keener, ladies and gentlemen, we'll come back with her next week. We're not here on Monday. We're here on Tuesday next week. And Maria will be right alongside. Here's a little Dave Brubeck. Take five from, what, 1963? I think right earlier. Was it 63? It's right in there. Great tune, though. Listen, man. 59. Oh, 59. There you go. I was within five years. That's yeah, that's, that's okay on the prices, right? You get, you're on the scale. <laughs> Stuck in rocks. That's next, right here on Cable X. Welcome back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly and John. Uh, stuck in a moment. That's what that song is right there. But you you mentioned something to me earlier tonight, and I find myself in this rat race almost yes. every day. I am stuck in a rut when it comes to everything. Where am I going to go get some food everything. tonight? Yes. You know, and I wind up going to the same two or three restaurants. Yes. Uh, where am I going to go to, you know, on my walk even? You know, I got this giant, beautiful park out here. Forest Park. And I walk every morning. You and do. And I walk one of is. three different routes Walking because I'm stuck in a rut. Do you carry a wallet? No, I don't. Oh, that's good. So don't don't worry about where he's walking then. No, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm st- you know, you get stuck in a rut. And uh, even my clothes, I wind up putting the same doggone clothes on uh, yeah. all the time because yes. you're stuck in a rut. I mean, I, d- d- you you can relate, right? Oh, yeah. And, and it, you know, there's very little... Uh, Shall we say improvisation going on? Out right. There. You, you get into your little routines, and that there's value in routine. Getting up at the same time, kind of having a morning routine. You know, there there is value in that. It's not all bad. Right. But think about the things we don't experience because we just do the same thing over and over and over again. You know, if we if Georgian and I are gonna eat out, you know, spontaneous, it's spur of the moment, nothing right. planned. We go to the same two restaurants. Yeah. You know, right there by the house. Yeah, close. And you just, there we have it. And and they're good. I like the restaurants, but we're not experiencing the, the wealth of opportunities. And we didn't d- discuss this, but I bet that's after 10 minutes of where you want to go. Yeah. and uh, Where do you want to go? Exactly. I don't know. What are you thinking? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Oh, let's just go to John's. Keep blink. Yeah, blank. Right. Yeah. And then you just wind up going to the same doggone place. You do. You do. And then, you know, when you lunchtime and you're driving around and, you know, yeah. the, even the even the little quick in and out lunch places, you go to, I go to the same place all the time. Yeah. This morning uh, I went on my walk and uh, I, I walked the same route that I walk almost every morning. Why? I don't know. Like I said. Now I you're up most... to, you're up to like many miles now. 
Yeah, I usually go out for walks in the morning, walk two, three miles, and try to do another walk in the afternoon. Wow. But I wind up walking the same way. Well, what, two, three miles? It's, you know, I can listen to Camo X. Sometimes I'll listen to a replay of the Glover show. You know, occasionally they play those on here. Yeah. Uh, and you can hear a best of uh, Dave Glover. <laughs> Coming so up in about out, uh, yeah, 34 so minutes when, when you're uh, from walking, now. You can, yeah. you can hear them. And, uh, so, you know, who doesn't like to listen to Debbie Monterey's voice, you know? Good morning, St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, I love Debbie Monterey's voice in the mornings. Well, there you go. But you're, So you're walking, and you're doing yeah. the same path. Yeah, and I find that close. I'm wearing the same doggone clothes all the yeah. time. And, you know, and it's just I don't know how to buckle myself out of it. Uh, it sounds like you're in the same spot. PJ, you find yourself going to the same places all the time? Yeah, I do the same thing you do. I walk in Tower Grove Park every day, just about every day, on the same trail every day. How long are you walking? I'm walking about an hour. Yeah. Crap. Buddy, well, well, you don't have anything to worry about. The doctor says you're the picture of health. Well, it's all, you know, it's all in the DNA, guys. I mean, you you can go out and walk and, you know, lift your little weights out there and, uh, Uh you know, watch what you eat. But, no, uh, when when the DNA, I mean, I don't like to talk about my cell structure, Michael, but my cells are very healthy. I've got good cells and and lots of them. So does your rut include healthy uh, restaurants and grocery stores? Because, you you know, you went to the doctor's office. They said, hey, you haven't gained any weight. One pound. Blood seems to be still good. Blood is good. You must be going to some healthy places. You eating granola and and lettuce over there or what? So, you know, as you age, and I'm older than... Most of you, but uh-huh. I'm younger than everybody listening. <laughs> uh, and and so, when, when, but when you get to a certain age, uh, you can't. You can no longer eat whatever you want to eat. Because I was one of these guys. If I wanted to have a Big Mac or two, yeah, well, yeah, I go have a Big Mac or two. You know, right. and you you do that, and you things seem to be going well. But you can't do that forever. No. Because eventually it's it going to catch up. up to you, and you're going to see it in the blood work. That's why, yeah. Michael, I have begun my new healthy lifestyle. Good for you. And um, I watch what I eat. Yeah. I watch it come out of the little window there. <laughs> I watch it go into my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get it. Uh-huh. Well, but, you know, one of the things that I'm really working hard on, and I've noticed this when we spend time together, you're good at this. Mm-mm. I eat quickly. Why um, do you When something's right in front of me, boom, boom. I'm, I'm eating it. Yeah. Uh, what are we wasting time here for? Right. And um, and what I find is I, I annihilate whatever's in front of me, and I think, oh, I would like a little bit more. Well, and that's so that's the thing. You've yes. got to slow down. Mm-hmm. The whole key to healthy living, Michael, okay. is you've got to masticate. What? You, you need to masticate. And, um, uh, well, I, I've done that. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and when, you, when you masticate your food, uh, you're gonna. That means you're gonna chew it uh, over and oh, over. Oh, like uh, yeah. And over People say like twenty over. bites or something. Yes, and yeah. you take the bites and you swallow slowly and you slow it all down. Right. Because what happens when you're masticating out there is that your stomach is gonna fill up while the food is still yes. on the table. Yes. Uh, as opposed to the stomach filling up after all the food's been consumed. Right. That's a bad thing. And so what I have learned through study and consultation. Is that uh, masticating one's food and slowing down yeah. that process is uh, very important to the overall bodily health right. and well-being. So and, I've uh, been trying to masticate myself. Which is why I look the way I do. Yeah, so I've been trying to masticate, and this is not, by the way, my mother would be grabbing me by my ear for doing this, but 
Uh, you know, when I oh, I have my meal, I cook it up. Yeah. I have it there on my there it is. my island. It's right there on the island. I don't sit down to eat it. No, no. You stand so up I and stand eat. up. I have a couple of bites, and then I'll go sit down and watch television for a couple minutes. And, wow, and then come back you in. You step away from the food. And I, I'm trying to find a way to slow myself you down. You step away from the food. I'm not, I'm not only going to eat one chicken breast. I'm going to eat all the chicken breasts. Yes. I'm not going to only have three bites of ice cream. I'm going to eat all three containers Well, of because you don't want to waste... The food. Yeah. And that's my problem. I mean, you got food right there. Yeah. Uh, it's either going to go in me or it's going to go in the trash. It should never go in the trash. And you feel like if it goes in the trash, then somehow you've wasted money and you don't want to do that. Yeah. So, well, just imagine if your, you know, your refrigerator is just full of swordfish, then you would just be eating swordfish. Oh, buddy. Never, you know. Perhaps the bad. worst advice you've ever given me. And but we've known each other so doggone good for twenty I don't, years. I don't. You're the first guy I know who doesn't like swordfish. So PJ, who's a meat eater. So PJ, we're we're playing snooker the other day, and I'm thinking, you know, because my wife's on one of these health food, miserable, you know, stuff. Eating healthy, yeah. And <laughs> I mean, hello. and he says, and he says to me, "Have you ever had the swordfish?" And I said, "No, I have not had the swordfish." He said, "Oh man, swordfish is like a steak." He said. It's like a steak. It's great. You, you put it on the grill and it cuts like a steak. It feels like it, it tastes like a oh, steak. Oh, I never it, said it cuts. It eats, it eats it like a steak. Like it, but it's chewy. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it's got chewy, a little... the, the swordfish. And you put it on the grill, you you know, prepare <laughs> it. and da, 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 da. So I go to the grocery store. Uh-huh. I'm walking through. I get a couple of pork chops. Uh, get some hamburger. And uh, <clears throat> I stroll over the... Fish department. Yeah, he saw them. Uh, they were they thick. Don't, they, don't, they? they don't see me a lot in the fish. The swordfish department. was and thick. And there it was. Yeah. I looked down. So and fresh. It says yeah. caught with a line. Yeah. The swordfish was caught. This wasn't some farm raised, you know, poop filled no. swordfish. No. This was a swordfish right. out in the wild blue yonder. Yes, sir. That somebody has caught with a fishing pole and a fishing line, and now it has made its way to Schnooks. Yeah. I thought this is this is perfect. Water. This is it. Yeah. And I got four of them. Uh huh. You know, because my father in law. And did you cook food. it up? With, did he like it? So I bring the swordfish home. It's frozen. Yeah. Uh, frozen. Well, you don't have a lot of swordfish. Fresh caught and it's frozen? Well, you're not swimming around the Mississippi. You don't have a lot of swordfish out there. Yeah. You got to get it from well, wherever the swordfish may have been are. Some false In the Bay of Fundy or wherever they are. <laughs> and uh, so we cooked the swordfish on the grill per instruction from Michael Kelly. Mm-hmm. Buddy? Yeah. Oh. I, it was it was it was it was so fishy and so nasty, yeah. And uh, I couldn't get the taste out of my mouth. I couldn't get the smell out of my nostril. What did everybody else think of it? it? Uh, horrible, really. And uh, we had to get out that we, we had to get out the coffee, the, the 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 little thing of coffee, so we could all sniff the coffee and get the smell out. Well, of it, it must mean, have been the cook because I well, and you also got frozen frozen surface. I'll tell you what. One day when we're out together, oh, yeah. I'll take you to dinner again, and uh, we'll have some sword fishing. You can tell me what. what yeah, I don't think I'm that doing way. that again. But I do go to the store, and occasionally I make a list. We'll be back after this on KMOX. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes talks football, family, and more. Monday nights during Sports Open Line, only on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Seven-time world champion, 40 events winner, the greatest of all time. Don't blink and you'll miss him. The Rocket, 
Ronnie O'Sullivan. That's Ronnie O'Sullivan's walk-up music. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who have a life, I'll explain to you who Ronnie O'Sullivan is. That was amazing. Ronnie O'Sullivan's the world's greatest snooker player. Ever. And uh, they have walk-up playing. That'd be like a chess match, having a, here comes Magnus Carlsen to elevation by U2, baby. I mean, it's, come on, John, it's a pool game, and the guy walks in like he's a wrestler. He's the best that ever lived. It, it, well, he's the best at playing that particular <sighs> pool game. Just, I just I have a whole new... What's crazy is, you know, like mm. most of what you and I share together, it it was created in different places. Yeah. I was there for the day you were introduced to the sport. Reintroduced. And you've become like the biggest nut, a nut of uh, snooker of anybody. L- listen, next year you're going to... See the Snooker World Championships in yes. uh, somewhere in Scotland, right? England, where, Sheffield, where England, she- the Crucible Sheffield. at the Crucible Theatre, where the World Championships are held every year, oh. and the great Ronnie O'Sullivan may be in the finals for his all-time record-breaking eighth World Championship, and I may be there to see it all. I know, and you're going to be up close. I mean, they'll probably have to have security to, like, first make sure row, that buddy. you don't fanboy. I'm in first. Uh, I'm in the front row right next to the seat that if he makes it that far, Ronnie O'Sullivan will be sitting in that seat just literally four feet from where and I'll what, be. What will you say to him if, if given the opportunity to interact? I will say, go on, Ronnie. And what happens if he just looks at you and says something vulgar back? Would you oh, no, be like, no, would, it, no. would it crush you forever? No. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very supportive of Ronnie, and he's no. But maybe if he looked at you and said, sentiment. "Oh, you dumb American coming over here to watch me, go home." What, what if he said that to he's you? He's not going to say that. He's oh, Ronnie okay. O'Sullivan. He's going to he's right. going gonna, gonna to be very focused on the match and uh, go out there and. Start. So one of the things that is amazing about you, mm. I I find a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently on Sunday evenings, you sit down and you write out a list. He'll say, oh, this is what I need to get done this week. And yes. Sometimes I'll get a call on Monday morning and he'll say, Kelly, I'm just kind of ticking off some of the things on my list that I wanted to visit with you about. And uh, Tuesday, uh, are you able to do this, that, or the other? And that's on his list. And so you're a list guy, aren't you? I love lists. Uh, people like you annoy me. But well, I mean, you put the list there and here's what I got to get done. All right. So you got you got to... Work you got to get done. Uh-huh. You got the prospects you got to get done, uh-huh. and you got the leisure. Yeah, you have some leisure in your life. You uh-huh. want to get that done. You just make a list there, and, and the best part of making a list is checking off the list when All you've right. completed a task. And there's nothing yeah. like putting that big check mark or occasionally the X. Right. Uh, if you've really, really got it done now. What about when you go to the grocery store? Do you usually have a list, or do you kind of have it in your head what I'm going to get? Well, I go both ways. Well, enough said. Uh, yeah, and and so um, oftentimes I will put a list together. And what I'll do, because I do most of the grocery shopping there yeah. for the Hancocks of Chesterfield, uh-huh. and uh, so I'll think you got to think strategically. Okay. So you got the meat over here, you got a vegetable over there, uh-huh. some kind of potato pasta thing also. Right, I like to, and then the occasional salad. Okay, <clears throat> so I like to, I like to, I like to kind of map out what the pairings are going to be. All right, but when you put together mm. a list, like when you go mm. shopping, can you, if you had a list of twenty items, do you have to go down that list, or are you, do you kind of know the grocery store well enough? Like, oh, oh well, I, I put 
I put corn yes. down, and it's down here, but corn's one of the first things you're going to run no, no, into. No, the whole thing about making the grocery list uh-huh. is you've got to make the grocery list commensurate to where the items oh, are. Oh, now I really dislike So, you. So now, because you go in there, and let's say, I don't know, I'm going to make my <clears throat> world-famous <clears throat> swordfish. Guacamole. Oh, guacamole. And so you got the guacamole that you're yeah. going to make. So, right, you get, take a, you got, well, you got to take a left turn to get the cart. Yeah. You get the cart there. Garlic. You spin it around. I, I don't put garlic in the guacamole. You don't put garlic in your guacamole? No. I put, How could this be world famous? You've clearly never had my guacamole. No, I've never had it. Uh, Tell me what's in it. So, you got the avocado. Well, oh, no, sh- no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but it, so here's what, what else you, goes in it, there? Well, here's what you can't do. You can't do the rock hard avocado. Uh, yeah. You can't do the squishy soft <laughs> avocado. The avocado's got to be just the right kind of. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and okay. then so so you go. I get three or four of those. Okay. And uh, pull, and then one tomato. Okay. And the tomato, you, you don't, you don't need. You don't a, get diced tomatoes already all diced up. Oh no, no, in no, a can? no, 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 no. Okay. No, Keep a going. canned tomato. What's wrong with bad. you, Kelly? Yeah. No, you get a fresh tomato right there. But it's you don't all put red garlic and ripe in there, and so how can you have guacamole without because garlic? Because you get the you get the Vidalia onion. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And you and you dice it very thin. Are you a good chopper? And then I am a you know I don't like to talk. Yeah. Uh, but you, you get the onion, and then the whole key to the guacamole. Yeah. Many people don't know this, and I hate to reveal this on the air, but nobody's listening. So uh, <laughs> the the whole key to the guacamole is the little squirt of lemon. Yeah, yeah. You got lemon juice. Well, you got to put lemon in everything. No. Yeah, the acid's helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got the you lemon. Notice when I suggest something, PJ, he just. No. So you think you think a little garlic might enhance my guacamole? Oh, some minced garlic in the guacamole would huh. be awesome. What about leeks? I don't. I, I usually do them before or after I'm done making the guacamole. Well, no, the leeks, the oh. the little, the you know, the yeah. Well, they're onions, right? You already got onions. Well, but I, you don't have leeks. Yeah. Uh, the onion is an onion. Uh, what, the leek, so the what leek. else is in there? Uh, cre- sour cream? Uh, what, 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 sour what? cream? I don't understand what, what makes are you, this world famous. What are you doing to my guacamole with a sour well, cream? So far, we have tomatoes. Yeah. <coughs> avocados. Yeah, yeah. And onion. Yes. That's it? Well, get a little lemon juice and a little salt and pepper. and That's uh, it. Uh, no pepper. A little salt. I think we and, ought to have a guacamole, a guacamole throwdown. Like I'll make my homemade guacamole. Huh. You make your homemade guacamole. It's amazing. And we'll test them out on Amy and and Ranch. All right. And see whose people like. The well, most. you got to be careful with the guacamole because if you, if it sits too it long, it doesn't keep. Yeah, you gotta, turns brown. No. Now you can you can you can keep it green for a while. Well, you throw the little nuts that they, they come in the. Uh, that would be the core, the seed. Yeah, you, you throw. You, you put in that the, in there. Uh, yeah. But then you've got to get all the air out of the container too uh-huh. when you're storing the guacamole. That, yeah. that will enhance the lifespan of the guacamole. I didn't know that. But yes, uh, to answer your question, I do make a list when I go to the grocery store. What, and uh, what do you think about a guacamole throwdown between you and I? I'm in. I would love to have a guacamole I, challenge. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I could bring myself to eat something like that uh, from you, but I, but my guacamole. John, I, we'll let others decide what what is the you know uh, the superior guacamole. I have a feeling that one that has garlic and it might wind up. Winning. I may, I may. 
well, you test out a little how, garlic. How, well, how would it be world famous if it's not the same recipe every time? Well, because, Michael, you know, world famous, uh, sometimes, you know, Taylor Swift changes the language on her song there. And uh, yes. I mean, you know, every now and then you got to try something a little different. My buddy was on the Internet last night oh, and late. comes in and says Ridiculous. to me, Kelly, I went down a rabbit hole Ridiculous. watching Captain Kangaroo. Ridiculous. We'll talk about it after this on the Mighty Mighty Mox. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On King of OX. Who doesn't love it at night with Hancock and Kelly? That's Captain Kangaroo in the background there. You hear him? Hold on. Yeah, Captain. Good morning, Captain. I have no recollection. Oh, the banjo. Drew me in. Good morning, Captain. Was it a daily show? Yes. Every morning. Like, was it on against the Lone Ranger? When I was like a wee after? little lad. I, there was, you know, all the PBS stuff. Yeah, this was on CBS, buddy. This was really? America. And so what was the general story behind Well, the so he's the he's the president of uh, uh, Treasure Land, whatever it's called there. Uh-huh. He's the guy. All right. And he's got a little, you know, group around. So last night. Yeah. I'm going to bed. I'm and I, I'm I had kind of a rough weekend because Ronnie O'Sullivan uh was playing snooker at twelve thirty in the morning on Saturday morning. So I didn't go to bed Friday night. I watched Ronnie. And then the second session, because they were in China, uh was at five thirty in the morning on Saturday morning. So I got a couple hours sleep and then I got up and I watched Ronnie and uh and uh so that kind of messed my whole Saturday thing up. Yeah, and then we had can pe- only people over for dinner and so Last night, I'm looking forward to going to bed, and I'm kind of scrolling through the old phone there, which, big mistake. And there he was. Captain Somehow Kangaroo. on my timeline, Captain Kangaroo came up. And and so and it took me back, Michael. Yeah, what did it cause you to do? It, well, I thought, I wonder I wonder about the captain. Uh, surely he's not still alive. No, dead. Yeah, he's dead. That is adorable. Yeah, he, but I looked him up there on the, in the, no, no, he's born in 27. He was my dad's age. John, that's almost a hundred years old. Well, ninety, and uh, he was born in twenty-seven, and uh, he had a went on the air in fifty-five before I was born. Right, and uh, had all these characters, Mister Green Jeans, uh-huh. which we all remember. Who was uh, and, and both the captain and Mister Green Jeans served in in the, the military. Uh, so I got into that, kind of went down those rabbit okay. holes there, and then uh, then you had this other guy who was. Uh, Are there any women on the show? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Glover. Oh. Mrs. Glover was on the show. Yeah. And uh, in her window had gotten busted out with a baseball. Uh-huh. And she was trying to find out who it was that had the antlers that busted out her window. Uh-oh. Well, it turns out it was Mr. Moose. Hey, now. And, uh, but Mr. Moose was denying that he had broken Mrs. Glover's window. Ooh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so his best friend ends up getting blamed for breaking the window. Ah. Uh. Uh, and Mr. Moose finally has to fess up that he lied. Yeah. And the captain and Mr. Moose are talking there, and Mr. Moose feels really bad, and he's got to confess to Mrs. Glover about breaking the window so that his best friend doesn't get in trouble. And that's the kind of lessons that, that, that I learned on a daily basis. as a four-year-old child back in the day. Michael. So your Captain Kangaroo was my Mr. Rogers. 
Same guys. Yeah. I mean, I, they were buddies. I Well, I mean. The captain know, and Mr. Rogers. Fred Rogers, he was rolling when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. Captain Kangaroo, I, he must have been in reruns by the time I was around. Well, no, you were born in 70. Yeah, he was done in 80, so yeah. you would have been four. You right. Know, you, you, you're, you're not going to get the captain at four. No, I didn't No, no. I mean, you got to be a good hefty five or six to really kind of get the nuances that are going on. Now that you got a captain. grandchild, are you taking to some of these little uh, uh, shows that are to educate young kids? Miss Rachel. Or entertain me? Miss Rachel. Okay. Who's she? So, so Miss Rachel. She work on the alphabet? Buddy, she is huge. She is yeah. the Paul McCartney of toddler entertainment. Really? And she's she's teaching the kids. Uh, let's find a little Miss Rachel out there. I mean, surely we can find a little Miss Rachel on the internet. And and she's uh, she's teaching the kids, you know, mama, pop, dada. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds torturous. Put it in, put it in, put it in yes, and that's yeah. what I'm supposed to do as the toddler. Yes, say, I get it, I get it. And then and then you take it out, take it out, take it out. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so we're doing that with Tula, and she's got the in and the out and the up and the down, and it's uh, it's incredible what's going. on. we have a little Miss Rachel out there? Put we're your we're left getting very close. In, no, 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 Michael, that's out. passe. Oh. You got to get with the 21st century huh. here. This is all on YouTube, I would imagine. It's everywhere. Right? Miss yeah. Rachel, she's she's a virtual. She's got to be generating billions of dollars by now. You think? Yes, and oh. she's got. I mean, there she is. She's climbing up on the stuff. Do we have Miss Rachel? Oh. A tweet, a roar, and ooh, ooh, ooh. Who's in the zoo playing peekaboo? Peekaboo! Boo! That's it. She's incredible. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't, she doesn't sound as entertaining as oh. Captain Kangaroo. Well, uh, it's a different thing. Yeah. I mean, the captain was, I, I think we would say, on an intellectual plane beyond uh-huh. uh, kind of the, the, right. the, what, what you're seeing. So with maybe the, with the for kids. a little no. older audience, yeah. Miss Rachel's for the little bitty people. Yeah, well, she's for the, the little infants and, yeah. and toddlers. Yeah. You know, she's talking to the 18 months old. Uh, the cap, he was he was kind of he was kind of focused in on the five six year old. You gonna break and, her uh, in with a little Captain Kangaroo, Miss uh, Little Miss? Tula? Well, the captain may be a little something, you know, too much for. Uh, uh, some of this stuff right here, for example. Uh, the kids love this stuff. Yeah. But uh, what do you call that? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, it's out music. That means we're done. Hey, we're you done. can hear us Friday morning. Yeah. Starting about 8.30 something. Seven seconds. And then uh, don't forget about us on Sunday on Fox 2 at 8.30. Best of Glover. We'll see you. Thanks Did for listening. Did you know that?